What's up, everybody? It's 4.46, Monday, March 1st. Um, just wrapped up a great interview with Luke Tenuta, Mountain Man, the biggest, let me see, yeah, the tallest uh, member of the Sons of Saturday alumni uh, that we have interviewed so far. Um, but it, in all seriousness, it was a great interview. I uh, really appreciate Luke taking the time uh, in the midst of Colorado's and class and everything else to um, to join us and talk. But we're going to hang out for a little bit. It's just Billy Ray today, so you'll be hearing my voice for the next however long. There's a lot, a lot, a lot to catch up on. First and foremost, where am I? Park City, Utah. Still in Park City. Did a good bit of skiing yesterday. Did a ton of work today. Got it, you know, nine to five. It's now like a seven to three, seven to two deal, um, but still working out here in Park City um, in terms of what's coming up. Headed to Temp, Arizona to check out Packy Naughton, who is in spring training currently with the Anaheim slash Los Angeles Angels. Um, you know, they're LA now. They'll always be Anaheim to me. Angels in the outfield stuck in my head, but looking forward to going to see him. And also, I want to personally thank every single person who donated on Giving Day last week. Uh, Virginia Tech was able to raise uh, over well over $6 million from around uh, 12,100 donors, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, it's a great day to really embody Uprosum, embody what Virginia Tech is all about, give back. Virginia Tech is the best decision that I ever made, has given me so much, and I'm always looking for ways to help shape that experience for future Hokies down the line. So, um, And also, I don't mean to boast. It's not about me. It's about Virginia Tech. It's about giving back. But we indeed did have a competition between Pat, Grayson, and myself. I did dominate that competition. Uh, so I want to thank everybody who donated and everybody who donated under my link. Um, and also, if you're open to it, register to be an ambassador. Compete with me, compete with the guys, help raise funds. It's all going to a great cost and a place that we love. Anyway, let's dive in to Hokie Sports. But first, we got to talk about the Hub Blacksburg, which is doing something pretty dang cool right now. They are doing a Sons of Saturday merchandise giveaway. For right now, if you leave an honest review, look, got to be honest, got to be honest, but you're only going to have positive things to say because the hub is fantastic. If you leave an honest Google review about their facility, shout out to Lauren and Ellie for setting this up, you will have the opportunity to get some free Sons of Saturday swag, whether that be a sweatshirt, a mug, a hat, who knows? There's Sons of Saturday swag. They are giving it away. All you have to do is leave a honest Google review about the hub in Blacksburg. You know how I feel about the hub in Blacksburg. It is an absolutely beautiful place to live. If I was a student there, I would be very interested in living in there as well. Um, has everything that you could ever need. If you need more details, more information, or just looking for some great content, head on over to the hub Blacksburg underscore and shoot them a follow on Instagram. Hokie Sports. Baseball. Wow. Coach Chef. I'm going to I'm going to go on a little tangent here cuz nobody's here to stop me. So I knew Coach Chef was a baller when I went to go. I went on the road. 
uh, and I went to cheer on tech when they went to play. I think at the time it was like number two or number three UVA in Charlottesville. Um, and you know me, I sat right behind home plate and I was enjoying the game and a few folks made quite, I honestly made the mistake of chirping me at this baseball game. Uh, this was a monumental mistake on, uh, the who's part. Uh, I took this as an invitation to go full insufferable fan mode. Um, and as one of maybe three Virginia Tech people there in a packed house with the UVA, Virginia Tech baseball handled business. I think we won like something like eight to two or eight to three. Uh, I think my, uh, I think Joey Sullivan was on the mound or something, but, um, but it was great. I was chirping. Guys were coming at me. Um, you know, you got to be witty. And I was witty on that day. And I looked over into the dugout in the seventh inning. You know, Ian Seymour was a youngster at the time. You got Joe Friday. They're all getting fired up. And I look over. I don't really know this Coach Chef guy. But we lock eyes. Gives me a little grin, a thumbs up. I'm like, yep, I love that guy. Um, but this isn't about me. Virginia Tech baseball went down to Coral Gables. They're sitting at 5-1 and one now. They took two out of three from the Miami Hurricanes, who are ranked number sixth in America. Handled business. Absolutely incredible work. Um, and this is a different Virginia Tech baseball team. Really excited to see how this all pans out. We have another, to quote Coach Fuente, we have a tremendous challenge coming up here. Uh, uh, at home on Friday, we take on the number 25 North Carolina Tar Heels. So keep an eye on Virginia Tech baseball. I know that Taylor Kasky, Chris Himes, Sam Jesse, and the gang have you covered uh, with everything Virginia Tech baseball. So definitely want to keep an eye out on that. Moving over to the hardwood, Virginia Tech women's basketball. Coach Brooks, the girls were hot. Had the gang rolling with six ACC wins in a row, including a overtime win versus number two NC State. Unfortunately, kind of similar to the men's basketball team, we had a little bit of a cancellation layoff, um, and you can't really stress how important it is with momentum like that to keep it rolling and how much of a challenge and kind of a wrench that throws into everything. We had a cancellation versus UVA, and we did drop our first game in a little bit over a month to North Carolina. Um, we have a first round matchup coming up versus the Miami Hurricanes and the ACCs. That will be on March 4th. Be sure to check them out. Virginia Tech's women's basketball has had an incredible season this year. Um, just getting better as the year goes on and really excited to see us make some noise in that ACC tournament. Uh, Virginia Tech wrestling finished second in the ACC championship with Corbin Myers, who was named the most outstanding wrestler in all of the ACC championships and Sam Latona, both winning their respective weight classes. little update on Makai Lewis. Uh, Virginia Tech Wrestling did put out a statement that he was going to sit out at ACC's to recover, uh, and he is hopeful for an at-large bid at the NCAAs in St. Louis. Makai Lewis, pretty universally rounded as one of the best wrestlers in collegiate wrestling. He's absolutely unbelievable. You hate to see somebody deal with injury uh, in the middle of the season like this, but uh, we're pulling for him, A, to get healthy first and foremost, and B, uh, would love to see him wrestling in the NCAA championships. He is definitely deserving, um, so we'll see how that pans out. In terms of who is already qualified for the ACCs, we have Sam Latona at 125. We have Corbin Myers at 133. Bryce Andonian, 
at 149, Connor Brady at 157, Dakota Howard at 174, Hunter Bolin at 184, and Hunter Katka at the heavyweight. So they're already all qualified for NCAAs. We're still waiting on Makai Lewis, uh, and we will see how that shakes out. Moving on along here to VT Softball. Hot start. They're 7-2 and two on the year. Long story short, unfortunately, they are dealing with some COVID issues right now. They have not played since February 21st, and the earliest that we will see them back in action is versus UVA on March 9th. So hoping that we can get that squared away. Hopefully, uh, everybody is feeling better, getting healthy, um, but uh, looking forward to VT softball getting back. Wow. Whew. Let's take a minute. We're going to take a minute, and we're going to talk about roots. Look. I know I'm doing this whole 30 thing. I don't mean to boast. Again, this is not about me. But Pat and Grayson are not here to stop me. So I did start whole 30. Uh, I lost my 30th pound yesterday. Pretty, pretty fired up about that. Not gonna lie to you guys. I'm down to 253. Um, so, you know, fired up. But Roots Natural Kitchen has just incredible options. I wish there was a Roots out here in Utah. Because I could put together some serious bowls if I wanted to stay, you know, stringent to my diet. But Roots Natural Kitchen, through their mobile app, if you're signed up for their newsletter, they actually just gave away five bucks. They were just like, hey, literally they said, hey, the weather is not good. Nobody likes bad weather. Here's five dollars. Go get a bowl. I like that. So I encourage you, download the app, the Roots app. You can order through there. You're able to use your Sons of Sat discount code for off of your first order. So be sure to do that as well. But Roots Natural Kitchen, absolutely love them. Uh, give them a shout. I know they're in Richmond. I know they're in Blacksburg. I believe there's one in Charlottesville. There is one in Charlottesville. Chris Long came on this podcast and talked about it. So Roots Natural Kitchen, shout out. They're phenomenal. Virginia Tech basketball, men's basketball. Currently, Bracketology has us eyeing a six-seed in the NCAA tournament playing Drake. I'm just going to tell you, Drake's a good basketball team. Um, but we absolutely obliterated Wake Forest, who I know is not a great team. But the fact of the matter is, we lost a game to Georgia Tech after the long layoff. And again, it's super challenging coming off of a layoff, especially when you're trying to work Tyrese Radford back into the rotation. So when we played Wake Forest, it was a real opportunity for us to kind of get our feet under us we go ahead and we basically double Wake Forest's score. It's a huge win for us, and we have a, another tremendous challenge coming up here. We play Louisville, who as of late has been our kryptonite, and um, by as of late, I mean for like the last 30 years, we haven't been able to beat Louisville. It's going to happen sometime. Hopefully it's this time. Uh, we do play Louisville on Wednesday. Uh, I believe they received two points in the AP Top 25 poll. Uh, I think they're flirting right on the cusp of it. Um, but would be a great game for us to get some momentum here as the season winds down. Another awesome, awesome thing. The track team. Men's indoor track and field team are your 2021 ACC champions. This is their sixth ACC championship an absolutely tremendous performance. Our track team has been absolutely killing it as of late. So shout out to them. Also, shout out to Ja'Cory Patterson, who won the ACC men's track and field, indoor men's track and field, it's a lot of words, uh, the ACC MVP award. So that's huge. You absolutely love to see that. What the heck else is going on? 
Uh, today, we tweeted about it. Watch Justin Robinson. Drop the double-double. This guy's been absolutely dominating for the Delaware Red Co- uh, Blue Co- Redcoats. Blue Coats. Um, if you have not, check him out. Been an absolute dominant performance. Um, had, they are winding down the season and entering the playoffs here. I believe it's single elimination here uh, this year in the NBA G League bubble. Aside from that, what the heck else is going on? Um, that's pretty much it. You know, football, full swing of things. They're going through Colorado's right now. We have a couple of really, really awesome interviews lined up. Um, really awesome interviews lined up. So stay tuned for that. I know we got the late, late warning here on the Luke Tenuta interview. Um, but, uh, you know, we're really excited about that and excited about what's to come. Another thing kind of looking forward here. We are doing a collaboration with one of our sponsors. I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to tell you when it's coming. It's coming in the next few weeks. We are doing an overhaul of our merchandise on the store. I know our uh, fearless graphic design guru, um, Hollywood extraordinaire, Grayson Wimbish, has been going crazy. And you guys are going to love what we're putting out. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Other updates. Want to shout out to Julia Monahan and Isabel Puler. Uh, they have both taken the reins uh, on social media management. Both of them are students currently at Virginia Tech um, and have completely revamped and completely re uh, just vitalized our presence on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Yes, LinkedIn, professional, uh, and Twitter. So um, I want to shout out both of them. Current students love the opportunity to, you know, I said this on Twitter the other day, love the opportunity for students to come in, get some valuable experience. I challenge students, whether it's with us or with anybody, always challenge yourself and find ways for you to do something outside of your normal educational curriculum. Um, Just ways to separate yourself when you do move into the professional world. Um, and uh, really excited about them and all of our student scribes and the ambassadors and everybody who really, really makes this train go. Um, they're absolutely phenomenal. So shout out to them for doing that. We have a giveaway going on right now. For details, check out our Facebook, check out our Twitter, check out our Instagram. Uh, if you follow us on Facebook and you comment with two people, you're entered to win the crew neck, which is the hottest item right now. So make sure you check that out as well. Am I missing anything? Going once, going twice, going three times. I do not believe so. Uh, The Billy Ray World Tour continues. Patrick Finn is now in Charlotte. Grace Wimbish, he's in LA. Again, we're linking up here soon. Looking forward to that. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody had a fantastic February and is looking for a better March than we had in 2020. But without further ado, Luke Tenuta, six foot nine, blocked a field goal with his dome. Really excited, member of the Vice Squad. I'm going to turn it over to him. Here's our friend, Luke Tenuta. All right, everybody. It is Monday, March 1st. Happy March. This is March. 3.54 Mountain Standard Time, 5.54 East Coast Time. Uh, Sitting down with Luke Tenuta, right tackle, left tackle, offensive lineman for Virginia Tech. Uh, just going to cut it up a little bit. But, Luke, it has been a long, long time. How the heck are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
So what uh what classes are you enrolled in now? What are you studying? We got to catch up. I remember uh, last time we had a elongated conversation. You were visiting Virginia Tech. You and your mother had come down for uh, I forget what game it was, but um what uh what have you been up to since uh since you came you came over? Oh, uh, not much. I'm uh I'm getting my uh my major sports media and analytics with a minor in sociology. So I'm uh, pretty close to finishing my degree. Hope I'll uh, I'll graduate early this fall. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's so only a few more classes right now, and uh, just been uh, having fun and uh, enjoying life here in Blacksburg. Gotcha. And let's. Uh, I guess we could start all the way at the beginning here. Six foot nine, two hundred and seventy five pounds. Back in high school, uh, coming out of Western Albemarle, Albemarle, Albemarle. Albemarle in yeah. uh, Crozet, Virginia. Uh, you held offers from West Virginia, North Carolina, UCF. I'm curious, as you kind of went through the college search, what were you really looking for um, in your college destination, both from a school perspective and a football perspective? Oh, uh, there was a lot I was looking for. Um, at the start of uh, my recruiting, I really wanted to play defensive end. Mm-hmm. I really had that goal in mind to play defense. I really thought I could. And I love some smaller schools in the Mac said, you know, you can start off on the D line. Then I started getting, you know, visiting the bigger schools and everything. And uh, they're looking at me as an office lineman. At first, I really didn't like that because the first time I visited Tech, I was talking to Coach Vice, and obviously he's like, "You're going to play offensive line in college." And I, at first, I didn't like that. I uh, I thought I could play defense. And then I was talking to my uh, pops, and he was like, you're going to play offensive line. You're getting too tall. You're not fast. <laughs> you know, the, quite have the speed. And I was like, all right. So the one thing I really look for in recruiting, especially uh, knowing that I had to play a position I never played really, uh, was, you know, if this coach can uh, – and if this coach is known for being able to uh, develop his players. And obviously Coach Vice is known for being able to develop guys. And that was a big thing that stuck, uh, stood out to me in the recruiting process. and. Uh, you know, the big thing about Virginia Tech is my mom loved Blacksburg every time we came to visit here. She she loved it. Obviously, she went to UVA, but she loved Blacksburg, which was kind of cool. And uh, what still got me to this place is just the uh, kind of the tradition here, honestly. Uh, going to Lane Saturday, everyone knows everyone kind of, you know, around town if you're an athlete. It's kind of cool, I thought. And that was a big thing for me during recruiting that really stuck, stood out to me about Virginia Tech. That's funny you mentioned the defense thing uh, because my uh, my final year when I was uh, helping out in recruiting, I, I specifically remember Coach Vice. We would always kind of talk through who's going to be there, and I'd link up with Yetzi and talk about who's going to be on campus. Um, and the one thing I remember he said is he said, this Luke guy can be a really good tackle. He thinks he's going to play defense. He's going to play tackle here. And that was just – that was I remember talking with you about it. And you played basketball back in high school, correct? Baseball. Baseball. Did you? So I always like asking this. Did you have any skill sets or things that you learned or took to, took away from baseball that you think help you today? Uh obviously being a pitcher, you got to be calm and uh, deal with mistakes. You know, you can't you can't just get give up a home run and go back out there and walk the whole uh, rest of the order or throw them right down the middle again. But I mean, obviously, uh, playing baseball makes me more. It's a game of failure, so you're gonna. You're going to fail in that game. Obviously, my brother being a professional baseball player, watching him, it's a game of failure. So you just got to remain calm, obviously, and, uh, you know, work through adversity. And then your family's been around football for basically ever, as long as you've been around. Uh, your father's been in coaching for about 40 years, and we'll talk about him coming over to Tech soon. Um, but how did this impact the way that you both approached 
the game itself, training, and even recruiting as uh, in general. Um, was he really involved? Um, what kind of advice was he giving you along the way? How did that kind of impact your recruiting and how you approached the game? Uh, he kind of, when it came to my recruiting, he didn't really, uh, he didn't want to get too involved. He didn't, uh, obviously he told me, uh, you know, look, make sure you're looking for the right coaches and the school and make sure they have a major you could see yourself at. And, but he didn't really get too involved when it came to the whole, he wasn't going to tell me where to go. He didn't want to tell me, Hey, you got to go here. You can't go here. I don't like that guy. You can't do it. He didn't really do that. But uh, he just made sure I was making the right choice and I knew what I was getting myself into, which is kind of cool with him being around the game for so long and my older brother being a college coach and playing in college. They kind of led me on the right path, I would say, when it came to making a decision, not jumping right into commitment as a junior or just taking your time and enjoying the process as it is. And then let's jump into 2018. And you said a big thing for you was really the developmental aspect of learning how to play a new position, really focusing in on football and kind of molding your body for that position. 2018, you redshirt. What were the biggest focus areas for you in that year? And where were some of the biggest strides made over that time? I say the number one thing for me is uh, putting on weight and getting stronger. And obviously with our uh, weight room program, it's uh, it's pretty easy to do here, you know, Mm -hmm. getting stronger because, uh, we really focus on uh, everything, especially you're, when you're in a developmental group and you're red shirting, you wake up, you got the uh, 5 a.m. lifts on Friday, the big squat, you're pushing the frowler. And that's some of the cool stuff when red shirting. People, you always hear people complain about red shirting stuff, but I took it as an advantage. I get an extra year to work on myself and get ready so I can contribute to the team that next year. And I thought that was really cool how I was able to gain weight and get stronger going through that program. I, I, most people don't really like it because you're not dressing out, you're not contributing, you're not playing. But I took that as an extra year for me to get stronger, learn the scheme, learn my new position, watch those older guys that are in front of me, like Yash Nijman, Christian Darisaw, Chung, who's still here, and Latrell Smith, and watch those guys. And uh, I thought it was kind of cool, the whole red shirt year. It's just the year-to-year advantage. takes a lot of maturity, especially – that early in your career to look at that as an opportunity and really kind of harness it. A lot of people kind of let that year go by or may not kind of realize the opportunity that's sitting in front of them. And um, you really kind of started to see the benefits of everything that worked out in 2019. You play in all 13 games. Uh, You moved around. I'm sure you're familiar with this uh, term. I use it all the time. Coach Vice loves the musical chairs term. Uh, You come in, they're going to be different names in different spots just about every single day of practice, even during the week. Um, you were primarily featured at right tackle, played some tight end, maybe the biggest tight end in college football that year. Um, you know, I kind of just want to talk about how coach vice, who is coach vice? A lot of people don't really know him. Uh, how does he approach the game? How has he developed you and how does he prepare you to, if you had to go in, or I remember anybody could basically go at any position at any time, uh, knowing every responsibility along the line. So just kind of tell us a little bit about coach vice and his philosophy for preparing his guys. Uh, his philosophy is really, like you said, musical chairs. It's always going to be, especially in fall camp. And even like you said, during the season, it's always, it could be different. You'd be a one, you'd be a two. I think his philosophy is just getting everyone prepared to play. You know, if this guy goes down, you got to be ready to play right guard. If this guy goes, it's just, it's, he has a philosophy of, uh, wanting to compete with each other, wanting to be the best, you know, and there's so much competition in that room because you want to be one of those five guys. So that making us compete against each other brings out the best in us. So one day you could have a great practice, 
be with the ones next day you're with the two you didn't play well you're with the twos and that makes you want to go compete go harder and be back in that starting five and uh, i think that's a kind of cool thing that he's built especially the culture in the offensive line room because we want to compete every day and be one of you want to be one of those five guys in that room also in 2019 you did block a big time field goal you blocked it with your dome. Didn't get any credit on the television broadcast, but kind of just that 2019 game versus North Carolina, it really kind of was just the culmination of a team finally click, clicking with a team. Uh, kind of walk us through that week of practice and just that moment in general. Uh, the pra- I remember because uh, I played the UNC game. I, was, uh, I played some jumbo tight ends. I got to put on the 95, which is, I always wish they would have thrown to me, but – Never, never ended up happening, but uh, I remember that we had a uh, we really uh, clicked that week. We played three different quarterbacks. I always remember that uh, Hendon, Willis, and uh, Quincy coming in at the end. And those uh, what uh, he threw that touchdown on the fourth down. And I remember he had that big run, which was his first college touchdown. It was really cool. Then he had obviously the two point conversion at the end. And then the block off the helmet, that was uh, <laughs> that was every time I watched it, I'm just like, wow, you couldn't even just get it with your head. You couldn't get it into your head. At least I'm, at least I'm blocking it though. <laughs> I just wish I would have got it with my hand or something. Would have made it look cooler. Um, and then we move into 2020. Uh, and there are a lot of ways to slice 2020. At times, I didn't know if we'd play football. Um, and the thing that I try to remind everybody is just, how challenging it was from a student athlete's perspective, coach's perspective to just get the season going. So, you know, the first thing I really want to talk about is can you just walk us through some of the biggest challenges, your typical day? Um, what was it like just to have the season in general? Uh, I'm just very thankful we were able to play and have a full season. And uh, it's uh, 2020 was a crazy time. And hopefully this year will be a lot better. But um, obviously going in, getting COVID tested three times a week during the season was no fun because they were going pretty deep in, in your nose. That was never good. Oh, yeah. They were drawing some blood. But uh, And then the thing about what I thought was interesting, the quarantining, if this guy has it, his roommate has to quarantine, so we miss both of them. Then this, they're out 10 days, 14 days, all dependent on the contact tracing. And that's when, like you said, Coach Vice's musical chairs, that came into play because sometimes you're missing this guy. So this guy's got to be ready to play guard. This guy doesn't play here, but he's got to be ready to play this. And that was a benefactor of that, you know, just going out and competing, making sure everyone could play all five things because you never know who you're going to have for that week. Because I got I got, uh, I got, got COVID Friday night. They found out I had COVID right before the UNC game, and I ended up missing two games. So Silas has to be ready, and all those guys, Doug, uh, Dougie had to be ready. All those guys got to be ready to play every position because you never know. And I so I wasn't going to ask you if you've had it already, but my question yeah. would, my follow-up to that would be, uh, I'm a big Celtics guy and Jason Tatum has had COVID and he says that it's been really difficult for him from a catching his breath perspective. This is uh, about a month after he's had it. Did you struggle with any, you know, did you feel any different after you were done with the quarantine? Did you still have the lung capacity and kind of the energy that you did before? Or were you dealing with any longer term uh, ailments from that? Oh, uh, not, not really. I think the biggest thing for me, I was just sad. I had to miss two games. I mean, it's not fun sitting in your room watching uh, your guys play on TV and not being out there with your brothers and being out there and trying to help the team win. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing for me. It was just, you know, being locked up in the room, watching, you know, watching practice on, uh, exos and not being out there and competing and having fun with my uh my brothers but uh that was probably the biggest thing for me 
And then obviously coming back from not working out for the 10 days, I think when you had COVID, it, it was a little different, but once you get back in that groove, it's kind of, I think the next game was Wake Forest. That came, that was pretty hot that game, but I still felt pretty good about that. Uh, I still felt pretty good about the condition I was in and everything. Speaking of getting, speaking of getting back into condition, I would argue that the, the most challenging thing from what I think and from what I've heard is the layoff between when everybody went into quarantine and then you have two weeks to get ready for summer camp. Um, was that, was, what would you say, can you describe that in any way, just from a soreness perspective? You know, you got some guys doing some regiment, you got some guys that don't have weights, you got some guys who've been working out. How are you all able to get it all together in such a short period of time? And how did they change the way you practiced and you worked out so you guys could quite frankly recover effectively? Uh, they had a great plan uh, drawn up for us at the start when it came to having practice for two days and an all, a recovery day. And, you know, when we came back from quarantine, the workouts obviously weren't the usual summer workouts when you're out there running all day and lifting and do all that stuff. I think the strength staff did a great job of uh, letting us transition back and getting us in shape and getting us ready for the uh, the long, the very long fall camp we had this year. And I think they did a great job of, like, spreading out the practices and everything. And it just helped us recover and, you know, get used to hitting each other and all that stuff because missing spring ball obviously didn't help last year when you look back at the 2020 season you know you always try to take something away you always try to get better um what are some of the lessons that you learned both as an individual and as a team that's going to make you better going into 2021 uh i think we uh i think we learned a lot obviously we battled some adversity through the year and uh i think you know we went through a little bit of a skid at the end obviously in those games and uh we finished strong against UVA, kind of put everything together that game. And, you know, just uh, had a, it was a heck of a team win out there against UVA. I mean, started off strong, obviously, the start of the year going 2-0. and Then uh, the UNC game. But I definitely – it was a uh, – definitely fought through some adversity that year. Had a pretty rough skid right there. But, you know, we finished the year strong. And I think that's a – that win over UVA was a great thing we could build off of going into 2021. I think that is what we're building off of and we're getting ready for this season. From the outside looking in, I just got to ask you, I mean, nothing made me happier than some of the footage that came out of the locker room after the UVA game, because again, of how challenging the season was and to finish it the way that you guys did with that group, uh, just kind of walk us through how great that moment was to finally get back in the locker room, um, win the biggest game of the season, um, and kind of have that launching point and the opportunity to take a breath um, and move forward there. Oh, there was no – I won't forget being in the locker room after being UVA, getting to hold that cup. Uh, that was – that would be – I have so many videos and uh, pictures from that. And that would be – that was a, a heck of an experience. And there's just nothing like coming in the locker room after a big win, especially being UVA, uh, celebrating, drinking out of the cup. And just, you know, that's just – there's nothing like that. So then moving into the future here, uh, a couple questions about the future. So the vice squad is going to need a little bit of reshuffling. Uh, I know we have some transfers coming in. We have some really talented youngsters here. Uh, and with the departure of guys like Christian Derrissaw and Terrell Smith, Luke, you're, you're the older guy now. You're the kind of the guy that people are going to look towards and going to set the tone. I'm curious, who are some of those younger guys or guys that we may not know who you think are poised to have a really big time year this year? Uh, two off the bat of the youngsters are definitely uh, Parker Clements and Caden Moore. Those are two guys that 
work extremely hard. And, you know, they spent last year sometimes on scout team, sometimes up there with us practicing, but both those guys worked extremely hard and they both have very bright futures. Both of them, you can tell, understand, you know, the scheme and understand they're really learning the offense and they both work extremely hard, you know, at watching extra film, getting extra field work. And both those guys are, they're going to have a great shot to, you know, really help the team next year. And then as you look at the biggest areas for improvement, both of you, both for you as an individual going into 2021 and as a team in general, what are the, what are the, well, a couple of things that you guys are really focusing on as you move into the new year? Oh, I think the big thing for us is just finish. You know, we just got to go in there and finish games. You know, we just got to execute and make sure we, uh, every person does their job, you know, like this, you can have, well, coach vice was saying the other day, you can have one all-star on, I think you use that all-star on defense, you know, making all those plays and stuff. But for the offense, it takes 11 guys doing their job to, you know, put points on the board. And I thought it was a good analogy he used because it's going to take all of us to have a uh, great season this year. And I think that's something we're really focusing on. And obviously one of the more uh, exciting things about 2021, welcome aboard Papa Tenuta. I'm curious, can you kind of walk us through how this all came together? Uh, Sports are a crazy world. When did you first hear this was a possibility? When did you find out it was official? Um, kind of walk us through the timeline there. Um, so I think the first time I really, uh, my pops brought it up to me was I was back in Cincinnati for winter break. And obviously he's been there for, was his fourth year this year? I think it was, yeah. And he brought some because he's uh, the big thing for him. He's never watched me play a college game live because he's always coached and he's able to watch them on TV as most of the time and then watch the film of it after. But the big thing for him, he's never been able to watch me play a game live. So he brought up something how cool it would be to watch me play live next year, you know, being and, and I was like, oh, yeah, be, I didn't really think much of it. I'd be like, yeah, it'd be awesome. Hopefully you have a bye week or something or it'd be really cool if somehow you're able to make it to one. And and then he brought out a couple, it was a couple weeks later. I think I might've been back at in Blacksburg for the sec or for uh, the semester. He brought up to me and said something about the possibility of him joining the staff at Virginia tech. And I thought that was the greatest thing. I thought it was super cool and everything. And I was really excited. I didn't know if he probably didn't know how I would react. Cause kind of, I, uh, I went to a school where he's never coached. He's coaching a lot of ACC schools. I went to one he's never been at. Because I try to start my own thing. I didn't want to go to a school, you know, where he's been at. And I, he didn't, I think he didn't think or he didn't know how I would react, but I was super excited. I know my mom was excited when it was official because she loves Blacksburg and uh, she wasn't a huge fan. I don't think of living in Cincinnati. I, I don't, I don't really know. She doesn't like the cold, but it's cold here, but at least she's by me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was super excited when it was official. And uh, I know he was super excited to get down here and he just loves it here. And I got to ask you, uh, how are Colorado's going? I know you guys are in the midst of them. Um, how's it going? I know this is the biggest, I, I try to say it as much as I can. It's one of the most important things that you do there from a forming a team perspective, from, you know, really molding the leaders of the team. How are they going right now? And um, just kind of walk the people through what you guys are going through right now. Um, so we started Team Colorado's last week. So that was Tuesday and Thursday at uh... – 5:30. So uh, we got another one tomorrow, and uh, you know it's uh, it's 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 uh, it pushes you. But you know, obviously, when you're done with it, you feel a lot better because you went out there and uh, 
the thing is you just try to dominate. You can't go in there just trying to get through it. And that's the thing they preach. You can't just try to try to get through it. You got to go out there and dominate it. And, you know, as a team, I think we're doing a great job of going out there and every guy uh, just giving everything he has. This is the fun part, Luke, and I'm excited. I'm excited about this. We're going to get into rapid fire. Rapid fire is brought to you by Sharkies. It's where good friends go. The first question is, when you go to Sharkies, Luke Tenuta, what is, what is your order at Sharkies? What kind of wings are we getting? You getting the Krabby Patty? What, what do you get at Sharkies? Uh, I always get, what is it, 20 wings or the large, whatever the large wing, 20 wings. And I'm pretty basic, so I just get all medium and a ton of ranch. And I always got to get their fries. But uh, that's usually my order. And then I'll get, I'll, uh, I'll always change it up when I get a burger too. Oh, for the appetizer, okay. I get buffalo chicken dip. I got to get that buffalo chicken dip as an appetizer. That's always my go-to. What is your favorite play of your Virginia Tech career so far? Ooh, uh, I'd say, uh, the block field goal is definitely up there, but for offense, probably, probably sealing the uh, backer on Quincy's uh, long run against UNC Austin 2019. That was probably one of my top plays, I think. What was your toughest matchup uh, that you had in your time so far? The toughest opponent that you faced? Oh, yeah, that'd definitely be uh, Jalen Phillips from uh, Miami. He beat me bad pretty, twice or twice pretty bad. But, yeah, I played – yeah, this year was – we were – that was full of some top DNs like Patrick Jones from Pitt, obviously Carlos Basham from uh, Wake Forest. But, yeah, we played some uh, – we had some pretty good edge guys this year going against. But, yeah, probably – yeah, definitely Jalen Phillips was my toughest matchup. What's your favorite blocking technique? You like pass blocking, down blocking? What's your favorite uh, – what's your favorite thing to do? Uh, you can't say, t- you can't say line up at tight end though. I'm not going to, that's a cop out answer. I can't give you that one. Uh, obviously I love run blocking. You just love going out there and freaking just trying to dominate the guy in front of you and put him into the pancake him into the ground. Uh, I like pass block. I, I like obviously anything we can do, whatever, uh, whatever puts points on the board, honestly. <laughs> what is your favorite vicism? Um, a couple of fun ones. I mean, he loves the word strain, uh, gypsy at a mortgage convention. Uh, he gets real creative. Uh, I'm curious if you have a favorite vices and that stands out or what is your best vice nickname that you've gotten? I, back in the day, I had teacher pleaser, Billy, I had slim and Parker Osterloh, who is the other massive, massive human being that played offensive line. He had mountain man, ostrich, big show. I'm curious. What are some of the best vicisms or vice nicknames, uh, floating around in the meeting room? Uh, some vices. Uh, I love when he yells strain. It's awesome. <laughs> just, when he yells out strain, you just know you, <laughs> that's probably the best thing you can hear from my strain. Uh, mm. I'm trying, I had a lot of nicknames my freshman year. I think my, did I praying mantis was one stretch. Obviously <laughs> was one, uh, was a pterodactyl was one. <laughs> he has some funny ones though. He's a, uh, he's a, he's a funny guy. But uh, I'll, I'll probably, he'll probably see this and make up some more nicknames for me. But yeah, <laughs> I like strain. That was kind of funny. It made me feel uh, strains are great. We got to make some strain t shirts. I love the, uh, yeah, that, I love that. Great day to grind. GR8 day to grind. Oh, you ever hear that one? Somebody yells out when you go on the practice field. <laughs> <laughs> He's even got Hoffman saying it now every day. You just hear, I'm uh, sure. It. I'm sure. <laughs> um, where's your favorite place to eat in Blacksburg? Ooh, that's a tough one. So many. Um, I do love the cellar. That's pretty. I was, I'm so glad you said that. Cause I was about to say, let me learn you something. The cellar has the most 
most underrated food in all of Blacksburg. You like you like the dip, you like pasta, whatever. I love. I'm a big proprietor for the cellar. The cellar's great. I do love the cellar. Uh, my mom and dad they love going where they're in town. Obviously, they'll be in town a lot more, but yeah. uh, they, love, they love Avellinos. And, okay. Uh, and now I'm, I'm really starting to, I'm mean, going to Centro's a lot for, they have some good food at Centro's and then obviously Sharky's has some, some really good food too. I mean, yeah, definitely those places are my top, but yeah, the cellar is very underrated. You hear people, you say it to them, they're like the cellar. And I was like, yeah, you gotta try it. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't let, don't, don't let everybody get hip. Cause then people are going to be waiting for food and everything. It's, it's fine where the traffic is fine, right where it is. Um, what's on your game day playlist? What is Luke Tenuta listening to before a game? Ah. Uh, it changes up every year because I just do different ones. I got to listen to, uh, what is it? I can feel it coming in, in the, uh, what is it? I can Phil feel Collins? It. Yeah, okay. Phil, you got to listen to that. Nothing like that drum part, but I got, that one's the one I have to have on. Welcome to the Jungle is another one that's always in my head. Uh, a lot of Post Malone. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it changes every year. I always got some different ones every year. But yeah, uh, yeah, Phil Collins and then uh, Welcome to the Jungle is so probably the two ones that uh, are most played. Move on to letters. Uh, we got one letter from the lunch pail here from uh, a scribe, uh, one of our writers. He uh, from Chris Himes. He'd like to know what you gleaned from uh, Christian Darrisaw's game, and how you are approaching this season, knowing that there's a possibility you'll be moving to left tackle. Uh, what I uh, yeah from CD. I've, I've learned a lot from CD. Obviously, watching him play you can pick up a lot of things that he does very, very well when it comes to pass pro and in the run game. He's just an all out. He's a definition of a strain guy. He's uh, he's got a great punch, obviously in pass pro where he just knocks the guy off. He's very patient in pass pro. He really wait. He doesn't shoot his hands too early. There's a lot of you watching his tape. He's the, uh, he's the best offensive tackle in the draft this year, in my opinion. And I just think watching his tape, that is, that's just how you play football. He's the definition of a, a grit guy. He's uh, his footwork's. Uh, if you need to watch tape on offense line footwork, he's got some great footwork when it comes to run game and outside zone. And uh, but yeah, my big thing from uh, learning him is definitely uh, him helped me in pass pro, obviously, and you know keeping my help me with my hands. And uh, he's just a great guy to learn from. He's a great guy to sponge off of because he knows. A lot of a lot of stuff, but yeah, he's a great guy to sponge off of when it comes to run game and pass, bro. So, Luke, I can't thank you enough for your time today. I know you got an early morning tomorrow, so I'm gonna let you get uh, let you get some rest. But this is your time. You get your shout outs. Who do you got a shout out? What do you have to plug? Where can we follow you on Twitter? This is your opportunity to plug whatever you need to plug right now. Uh, I got a shout out, uh, Kyle Chung, because he texted me today when he saw I was doing it to make sure I shout him out. Says Coach Chung. <laughs> Uh, all the vice squad, all the offensive linemen. Hoffman's definitely going to want to shout out because he texted me today. He saw I was doing it, so definitely him. And uh, my Twitter handle is just Luke underscore Tanita. Same thing with Instagram. <laughs> there you go. Luke, but, wishing you the best of luck. Looking forward to seeing you hopefully sooner than later. Um, keep working and uh, proud of you, man. You come along, uh, come a long, long way. Excited, uh, excited for this season, man. I appreciate it. Take care, brother. Time to wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know just what you think
Do you?